Yeah. You gotta, you gotta do like what Bauer does when he listens. Bauer, he starts, he starts doing. He the starts head air thing. riffing. And yeah, he starts air riffing as Roberts just put it, and Bauer's just all. He's feeling that's it. He, that's because he wrote this, and so he's got to be. He listened to it, and he's got to go, oh, yeah, yeah. And then I went like this, and yeah. then I did that. And then maybe I should change this. Oh, Roberts, it's Monday, brother. Happy Monday to you, man. Hey, happy or happy early Monday to yeah, you. Yeah, early, early Monday. Um, it, it would be midday for you, Roberts. Uh, technically, it would be midday for you because uh, yeah. you get most of your work done in the middle of the night, and I'm not even exaggerating. I'm just saying, bro. You know, sometimes the muse hits me, and uh, <laughs> I started, let's see. If it's midnight Eastern now, I started about this time, 24 hours ago, working on a logo for a client. And I thought, I'm just going to touch this up before I go to bed. And I looked up again. It was 6.15 in the morning. Yep. So uh, the life of an illustrator, graphic designer. Uh, well, you know, there's legitimate when the muse hits. Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that it's it's and it sucks, but it's the best time for you to get shit done. You know, it is. It really is. So got to save some family time, bro. And your online debate time, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you Robert. Know, you know, I, I, my, my wife accuses me of uh, spending way too much time on the internet. On no, social media so, come on. And you know what? If you took all the comments I make on social media, I post articles and I make a, a sentence comment. Sometimes I get into a little debate with somebody. You took all that time and added it up. It's like a lunch break. End to end. I don't spend an awful lot of time, but I do. Seriously, you add up all the things <laughs> I type in a single day, and it would take me 15, 20 minutes to type all that stuff out. So, yeah, it's no biggie. Yeah, so they can shut up. Shut up. Yeah, shut up. You got to say it all just chill. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> say it chill. Shut up. Yeah. Hey, can you do me a favor and just shut up? You know, I got to tell you, Roberts, um, it's uh, next this weekend coming up. I'm going to my nephew's wedding. We're going to be down in Rochester, Minnesota. And road uh, trip. Yeah, I'm going to do a little. I think I'm going to get on there, do a little special dedication, sing a song for the newly wed uh, bride and groom. And I'm singing a little nice. Billy Ray Cyrus. Don't break my heart. My achy, my breaky, achy heart. breaky heart. Yeah. Sorry. Just don't think you would understand. Come on. Yeah, I'm actually kind of tired right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to push it out, brother. I'm trying to work it out. You know what I'm saying? I, I hear you. So hear you know, you. um, we we live in a mad time. We live in a mad world, and um, some really weird things are happening. And and before we came on the program tonight, um, uh, the cannoli and I we were discussing a few different topics that we wanted to address on today's show. Uh, one of them being the situation that's going on, and it started out from a threat, and we're going to get into all this. Um, yeah. and the reason why. I, you know, Scotty, I'm not going to lie. I get kind of burnt out talking about it. Just like I get burnt oh, out dude. talking about AOC. I can't stand that wench. I can't stand her face. I can't stand hearing her voice. I there's, I just can't stand her, right? Um, now, we yep. can get conspiratorial on AOC uh, because in a lot of different ways, she's actually doing the Republican Party. Um, oh, so huge favor. I wish she'd run for president. Seriously. Um, but, I'm okay um, with her being there. So let's start out like this. Uh, let's start out in regards to a thread that you got involved with today. Give everybody the sure. backstory. Let's <clears throat> talk about it. And then last night while I was just chilling out, I took a nap yesterday afternoon, so I had a hard time falling asleep last night. 
So I'm laying in bed, and I think this is when I do my best thinking is when I'm just laying there watching a movie. And um, I, I have a theory in regards to the the whole border crisis, um, but we'll get to that later on here in the show. Uh, All the right. Border crisis is as much as it becomes overwhelming to talk about it, and I know that we regurgitate a lot of information. I know as we speak, there's probably a million other podcasters talking about the border crisis, but oh, yeah. it is worthy of talking about um, for many different reasons, for national security reasons, uh, for hypocritical reasons, because of the flip-flopping that we deal with within our political realm, um, and um, you know humanitarian reasons as well, because we never forget that aspect of the conversation. So anyways, give everybody the backstory on what we were talking about before we came on the show, and then that's how we'll start this conversation. Okay, first of all, I, I do have to say, I debate the politics and the actions that are going on behind the whole southern border thing. I don't at all uh, think that there is not a need down there. So let's just leave it there, and we'll talk about that later in the show. But I have a very good friend of mine. He and his wife are friends of mine, and he's an author. And I'm not outing him on the radio uh, for any in any way, shape, or form. So I'm not going to mention his name. But he put up a post the other day um, that, and he is known for doing this. Uh, this post had a picture, the very famous picture from World War II, where you see uh, uh, Himmler and his staff on the outside of a barbed wire fence and a shirtless soldier that's got, you know, the little uh, airman's hat on. So it's obviously a POW camp and they're inspecting the fence. And the picture is called something like defiance because uh, the soldier's just standing there shirtless, staring right back into the eyes of Himmler. And uh, it's actually a picture of, uh, uh, I've got it written down here somewhere because I can't, uh, uh, I can't remember it just off the top of my head. But, the, guy uh, probably, oh, the guy probably got, I'm looking at the picture right now. He probably got killed for having that stand. Probably up. for staring at yep. Himmler like that. But he's a young Soviet prisoner of the war during an official visit by Himmler to the Shirokaya Street concentration camp in Minsk, Belarus. So the, I don't know his name. I don't know if they ever knew his name. But uh, this friend of mine posted that picture and then right below it, a picture of Vice President Pence with border security uh, walking along an indoor uh, fenced facility with migrants on the other side. And he didn't say anything, but I've seen him do stuff like this before. And uh, so he's got these pictures as a comparison. And uh, so, so uh, um, somebody said at least the VP did end up saying that what he saw was bad and needed to be changed. Uh, but how come it took him so long to go town and take a look? So there's always criticism. And, and by the way, I posted, I don't just post the articles. I post some of the quotes from the articles of other things Pence had to say while he was down there. All the news, the, the leftist biased news as we know it, and you know it's leftist and biased because they don't give you the whole story. They give you what they want you to know to sensationalize the news. And they say even Pence, you know, uh, saw the squalor and the, the blah, blah, blah. But Pence later, uh, but more to that story was that Pence said uh, a whole lot more than that. He said the conditions are bad, but here's why. And here's the praise we need to give to our people who are working down there, who we seem to forget. 
He says, this is a big job. It needs improvement and we're working on it. Uh, so anyway, uh, my friend who posted the pictures said, and by the way, he's a writer. He's an intelligent man. That's um, the scary part about all this, Scotty. And I've referenced yes. this on the show before. It, it, it worries me that people of such intelligence cannot look beyond the manufactured reality. That's all I'm trying to say. I know. Um, he said, uh, that's good. However, he's one of the people in a position to actually, uh, and immediately change it, not just state that it needs changing. If only something could be done, doesn't really cut it here. So I responded, uh, right at the top. I said, I'm sorry, my friend, uh, who I won't name. I said, but I don't see the comparison between the two photos at all. In the top photo, you have a murdering regime that exterminated 6 million people. In the bottom picture, you have a border security guards at the detention center with the vice president of the United States touring the facilities. I said, these kinds of stupid, insipid comparisons are below you, bro. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, you did. I was just reading at the same time. I'm irritated. This re I'm, I'm going through this whole thread right now that you're re referencing here on the show. And, and um, I feel a little vantage happening, bro. A little vantage right here in my neck. And yeah. it's going to make my face. It's going to make it my forehead. bulge and then vibrate a little Dude, bit. It's, it oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like other veins. Bro, come on now. <laughs> come on. Give me a hug. Bring it in. Group hug. Oh, oh, yeah. Group hug. There you go. All right. All right. So continue, Sir Roberts. So anyway, the conversation goes on. And there are some people who make some their reasoned point. They're not being nasty or anything like that. Um, one guy just said, you know what? It looks something. It looks like it's a British airman in the photo. And um, somebody else said, it's the indifference, the feeling that those behind the cages fences are somehow less deserving of basic human compassion. That's the comparison that uh, our friend is making is what he's saying. And I said, no, it isn't. It's using an absolute non-comparative to make a political point that thinly veils itself in flimsy, compassionate undergarments. The Third Reich's death camps, even in their embryonic phase, were still purposed with extermination. Pence is no Himmler. And uh, um, then I, I put, I believe this is the POW camp, and I mentioned who the guy is. He's a Soviet prisoner. And uh, um, it goes on. Uh, he, somebody else says it's the indifference, the feeling that those behind the cages fences are somehow less deserving of basic human compassion. Oh yes. What would dear Jesus do? We are suddenly so oh, kind and holy. Oh, they reference Jesus, bro. Jesus. What and, would Jesus uh, do? Yeah. What would Jesus do? Uh, some comments have been removed here. There were some very damning things in me because the next comment that comes up, it says my comment was talking about you, Scotty. Oh, so something's missing in there. Oh, so uh, someone was being tough on the keyboard. I mean, that's rare. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, uh, my friend who posted the picture said refugees are people who are fleeing warfare, persecution, abuse and economic chaos under Internet international law. They can legally cross borders and petition for asylum and with humanitarian expectations for how they will be treated. The idea that such people should be routinely subjected to maltreatment goes against any sense of human decency. And uh, somebody else came up and bolstered his case. And uh, this is what I said. I, I said, brother, it's almost not worth responding to anymore because I've said it several times already. And what I meant by that, and he knew the context, 
he and I have gone gone over this thing round and round and round again for months. So I said, it's hardly worth mentioning again. And I said, nobody is being mistreated at the southern border. We are America. And I said in a further post further down, I said, look, we don't mistreat people. Do not misconstrue overcrowding and having to fight that situation right now because the warnings were not heeded months ago. And now we've got the problem. I said, don't misconstrue that as mistreatment. Mistreatment is a deliberate act. It's a cognitive action. It's something you do. Uh, if you come to my house, Rocky, and say, uh, I, need to, I need to spend the night because I'm too drunk or whatever it might be, I'm just making that up. Oh, Scott, uh, Scott so, you're, you're, you're being told that you have nastiness and that you're gaslighting, bro. Oh, yeah, I gaslighted somebody. So uh, we'll get to that. So let's say you're at my house. And uh, I take your keys away from you. I say, look, I don't have an be extra bedroom right now. We got three kids, wife and I. Um, I said, you could probably fit in our bed, but why don't you take the couch? And, uh, um, and while you're down there, let's say you're dying of thirst and you can't find anything to drink or whatever. I'm not making a, an exact parallel here, but you would be the victim, quote unquote, of overcrowding at my house. Because you were unexpected as an overnight guest, so we hadn't prepared for you. Uh, maybe over the course of the week, if you ended up staying there for a week or a month, we could upgrade the facilities a little bit. It's, it's, so it's kind of like that. But that's what I'm saying to my friend. And I said, what you're seeing is the result of warnings being unheeded and politicians caterwauling manufactured crisis. But now that it's upon us as warned, it's politically expedient to use children as political pawns and comparisons to Hitler to sway the unthinking citizenry. Uh, but we know better. $4.6 billion in aid to the southern border was approved about 10 days ago, but resisted by most on the left who didn't see all their political points addressed. So who again is playing political games with the well-being of children? It's those who opposed the funding because they wanted more said. So they're willing to let the kids sit in more what they call squalor, and without appropriate beds or appropriate food and water or toilets or drinking facilities, all the accusations thrown out against them, the left is willing to let that go because they'll vote down any aid to improve that situation if it does not match what they want out of it politically. And that's where this conversation started going. Oh, oh bro. Uh, let's see. He put the, uh, my friend put the, the press pool covering the vice president was removed within 90 seconds and he gives his uh, things and this goes on and on. You read it. Uh, I'm trying not to. I really, I am. I'm trying not I to, know. but I am. And somebody came and says, come on, Scotty, what you see is the very definition of mistreatment. And that's where I said, are you sure you're distinguishing between mistreatment and overcrowding? If now, now you, you ask me if I sound like I am being nasty to anybody, well, I'm a little triggered said, by what you're, you know, I'm a little offended by what you're saying. I'm just, there you, you know. go. Scott, let me ask you something, though. Serious yeah. question. Serious, serious question. What do they want? What do <clears throat> these people that you're having this boop, 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 boop conversation with, what yep. do they want? And let's pretend we gave it to them. What would be the consequences to giving these freaks what they want? I have started asking that question after I'm having a little bit of a debate with people. I just put like this guy right here. 
when I'm asking him, are you sure you're distinguishing between mistreatment and overcrowding? At the end of my paragraph, I said, the real active question should be, what is your solution offered up? Never answered that. Of course, they won't answer that part. Because they don't know. The guy responded and said, I see it as mistreatment. In my opinion, Americans should be outraged. Hell, even Pence said it was unacceptable. I said, are you outraged at all the politicians who call it a manufactured crisis a few months ago? How we, quote, see it, end quote, is irrelevant. It is what it actually is that matters. And I put the hashtag facts don't care about your feelings. And uh, um, somebody said, no, I wrote that about you up above. And I responded to him. I said, I know it was. I disregarded it as uninformed. (laughs) Oh, bam, bro. Um, But uh, so that's me being nasty. That's my nasty, vile nature coming out. My egotistical, nasty, vile nature. I'm a little uncomfortable right now. I just, I feel a little threatened. I know, doesn't it? Uh, So, uh, oh, I made mention in here further down. There's a basic problem of overcrowding at the border that leads politicians to throw out public catchwords such as mistreatment or concentration camp. Uh, And I said, those are words used to misinform the uninformed in our country. That's all they are. They're political catchwords. And I said, there were 30 pieces of legislation over the last six months rejected by the House Democrats that would have sent 4.6 billion, even more than that, I think it was, in aid to these detention centers at the southern border. The 31st was finally passed about 10 days ago in an 84 to 8 vote in the House, which President Trump signed last week. Among the most vocal opponents to that legislation was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who (laughs) resisted it because she didn't get all her desired political points addressed. So the reality is that the Democrats seem to care less about actually fixing the problem for the children than having their politics stoked, stroked. I said, that reveals a very sad tale. And when you step back and you try to look at it and you, you, you step away from the emotion, Rocky, mm-hmm. and the passion of it, oh, the children, which we all are concerned about that. We've all got kids. We know what we, we know. And we want to see that fixed too. Scotty, really but quick you- though, uh, when you're referencing children, to my understanding, as long as the child can be validated through DNA that those are the actual parents that are with that child, don't don't they get released within? I think a seventy-two hour, maybe a. Three I don't or- know how long it is, uh, but if they if they aren't released back to the parents, or if there is a problem. It's about 72 hours and uh, public health and human services comes in. Can we also um, can we also reference the fact that there's cartels renting children to people at the border so they yep. can cross the border and those children are being recycled? Now, I'm just kind of curious about your buddy because he ain't my friend. Um, I'm kind of curious on his thoughts on that because I don't hear these people referencing these babies being rented as human cattle so these criminals can get into the united states illegally that's because everybody crossing the border is obviously seeking asylum yeah right right well if they want Uh, to seek asylum they can go through the port of entry which is the legal way to do it not invade our country by by crossing the rivers that's right and that's what i keep saying over and over again i said we were warned of this crisis and you guys are the guys who said it was a manufactured Mm -hmm, crisis mm -hmm. and you kept caterwauling that why 
because you wanted to prove that Trump was doing something wrong, not because you had any handle on the facts. And I said, I don't care either way what you want to believe about Trump, unless you're going to start spitting that out there as the reason for something. I, I said, you're wrong. It's, it's erroneous. I said, you've got to look at the facts. You've got to extricate yourself from the passionate side of it yep. and put yourself into a thinking um, um, common sense view so you can come up with what's really going on. I think you're exactly right. And that's the hardest thing is that when it comes to running a kingdom, get what I'm saying? When it comes to running the kingdom, yep. um, we need to, and it's, it's horrifying at times, but we need to separate our emotions from the facts in order to obtain our future integrity for this country. I'm just saying you, you got to do yes. that. It's, it's, it's horrible. I mean, Scotty, we can look at what's going on around the freaking world and uh, we just can't stop it all. We just, we cannot stop the, the horrifying acts of human beings around the world. And, you know, so it comes to the point where we got to protect our own first before we can reach out to the rest of the world. And, and this is why, and I'm sick of people referencing this country as a democracy. I'm sick and tired of that. This is why we are a republic. This is why we are governed by law, not emotion, because emotion is what a democracy is. And that's how you build that mob mentality. And then once that mob mentality gains enough people, then they dictate over what the rest of the world does. And that's exactly Man. why we're a republic. That's that's what I call the uh, um, uh, political correctness run amok. Mm -hmm. It's uh, it's not that you have a a factual argument, but the emotions of the argument. Yeah, that's right. Um, I saw something about a book, and I'm going to check this out. Um, it was something called the uh, the diversity delusion. And uh, by someone named McGregor or, or, or Mech something. She was a Scottish name. And so I'm going to check that out. And we, we I heard talk um, Jordan Peterson. He was talking about diversity. And he says in diversity, the human being psychologically is actually weaker. Um, you know, we're human beings are tribal by nature. And yep. when you find a tribe that empowers your belief system, and that's, that's what Jordan Peterson was comparing in regards to tribalism versus diversity. He says, when you force people into a diverse uh, or a community that's, that focuses on diversity, you're intermingling people with opposite interests and opposite views, and you'll never really truly be diverse, even though they try to force it upon us, uh, which is the flip compared to, like, let's say, tribalism, to where you have a group of people or like a conservative movement or a libertarian movement to where people aren't as tribal as people on the left, and we are all very similar within our belief system, which is very empowering and very dangerous towards corrupt governments. Exactly. Exactly. One and, minute, you know, Robert, we say we're minute. a melting pot. Uh, if you come here to this country as a, as a migrant or you're born here, the whole idea is that we all meld together and muck in to do. But even as like, if I can refer to it very quickly in my series on King David, when he united Judah and Israel, they were all tribal. He was like not a big, grand, glorious king. He was a uniter. He was a tribal clan chieftain. But not, that I'm, not that I'm promoting him, but Muhammad was the same way. Yep, he was. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> I, was, I was pausing for the out. Well, because well, Scotty knows. So whenever Scotty's talking, I can give him hand signals and you guys don't see it. Uh, and he knows that we're getting close on time. And we are getting close on time. As a matter of fact, we're getting ready to do the cue music. Uh, ladies Here, hold and on. Let, let, let me yeah. just say this. Take it away, Rocky. Take it away, Rocky. Ladies and gentlemen, happy Monday to all of you guys. And uh, we love you. 
and we thank you for being here. When we come back, I'm going to start out next segment. I have I have a theory on why this is happening, and it's nothing unique. It's nothing. Uh, it's nothing you probably haven't already heard. But I think we need to at least bring this up in our conversation in order to understand exactly what is happening and why it's happening. And then we will continue with the conversation that Scotty had because it's relevant to what we're dealing with every single day. And when do we blame mainstream media for causing the misinformation? That is the golden question I've had for a very, very long time. Rocky Stucci situation with brother, the big freaking cannoli, Scotty Roberts. And, of course, me, the Emotional Meatball Rocky Stucci Mojo 50 Radio. Stand by. We'll be right back. folks to meatball the man who was just literally accused of wearing white leather pumps i'm just saying welcome uh, all to the- i'm gonna say is while your wife was showing me her her different bikini she has for the summer she, sure. she i told her hey those are nice white pumps over there she goes oh, those are rockies oh yeah she did bro didn't she <laughs> <laughs> folks welcome back to the second segment of the sit room with, of course, the big freaking cannoli, Scotty Roberts, and, of course, the Godfather of Talk Radio, Rocky freaking Stucci. We welcome you to our Monday broadcast. Thank you all so much for being here. Scotty, I am guesstimating, hopefully by this Sunday, the website should be pretty dang close. This I is think the, over the course of this week. Yep, this is what I think. We're going to get the main thing. It's it's Dude, it's a ton. It's a lot. I think what we're going to do is we're going to get the main format laid out just so we have it as the home. And then we'll just kind of progress as as time goes on and we'll add things because there's a whole page I want to do of all the people like Penman Hats and uh, you know, all the different people that we work with one way or the other or even organizations or businesses that we support. I want to make sure that we actually have pages for them as well. Um, and, and I want to point something out here too. You know, sometimes we have people on this show. Uh, for instance, uh, we had TK on. And we talked a whole hour about um, CBD oil. And, you know, sometimes those conversations, people don't have, you know, they don't want to hear it. They feel it's informercialish, right? Sure. So let me point something out to people. First off, that if there's a company out there that does things that is as noble as Verve, um, if there's organizations out there, I don't care if you sell dog treats for cats. You get what I'm saying? Dog <laughs> treats for dogs. I don't care. If a portion of your money goes to help people in need, whether it be homeless, whether it be children, whether it be veterans, I don't care what your product is. By the way, that's like selling pocket constitutions to liberals. That same thing. Dog treats for cats. But if you have, we will have you on this program. Um, I I don't even care. Um, You know, I've been in this industry one way or the other for multiple years from being a national concert promoter to being a, a voiceover jockey, a promotional jockey, um, all different types of, of disc jockey work. And all my life, Roberts, you know how this goes. All my life, I've always had people tell me how to do things or what not to do, or this one or two people would come forward and complain about something, thinking that it's going to alter it. And there was a time in my life where I did, where one person would complain about something, and I would have to, because I was chasing numbers. 
And, right. and Scotty and I, we have a different philosophy in this industry because we found ourselves. We know where we're at and our feet are planted literally in the ground. And this is why, and we don't announce a lot of things, but off the air, there's a lot of shit happening. And, oh, and, yeah. and we are freaking humbled and we're super excited. And this is why Scotty and I both, we lose so much sleep right now trying to make all these things come together. Um, Absolutely. But our philosophy is now quality over quantity. We don't chase numbers. We chase a perfect example. I've witnessed Scotty and you have witnessed. We've done a couple very controversial shows that go against the beliefs of the majority of our listeners. And I have gone back and I've kind of scanned through the chat rooms and in regards to some of these shows. And this is my exact point is that even in the chat room on our YouTube videos, no matter how much people in these groups completely disagree with one another, everybody remains civil. That's where I reference right. quality over quantity. I want to have conversations. I want to talk. I want to challenge our belief systems. I want to challenge our reality out. And I want to talk about whatever we want to talk about. You know what I'm saying? Um, so that that's one of our things. And so we reach out to anybody out there. If you have a noble cause, if you're raising funds to raise funds for, let's say, children, or let's say for our veterans, um, there's a guy right now who's a veteran, Scotty, who goes overseas to help. Uh, in fact, TK referenced him uh, to help kidnap children and children that are caught up in sex slavery. Uh, we'll have people on the show in regards to that. If you're helping somebody one way or the other, we want to hear from you. Uh, I don't care what the product is. I don't care I what the message curious, is. I'm curious, by the way, about that guy. Uh, this is a serious question. Yeah. Does he find himself in harm's way when he does? Does he have to like pack a piece? All the uh, and time, how do you dude. do that going All overseas? All the time. All the time. And, and, you know, so he does not represent a government agency, you know, so he don't have to right. follow certain guidelines. You know, go back to Machine Gun Preacher, uh, if you're familiar with who that is. Uh, yes. And so, you know, here's a guy who goes to Africa and, and he, it's really weird because I really related to his lifestyle. You know, the guy was a drug addict. He was homeless. He rode with motorcycle clubs. He did all this crazy shit. Got caught up, he sobered up, and he wanted to go help the world. And so he goes to certain regions. I can't remember where exactly in Africa, and I'm sure somebody will put it in the chat room. But, um, yeah, you know, he puts his life on the line because he found a cause greater than himself. And right. um, and that's humbling to me, and it's humbling to you. And and literally, we can talk about these things, and it'll bring tears to both of our eyes. And Because we, we have this inner drive through our own life and our own humiliation that we face in our life that we can relate whether we've physically been boots on the ground over in another country trying to help children or whether it be situations here in our country, we understand that pain. And so we want to recognize it and we want to make sure that these people aren't going unnoticed because as we discuss the rest of this hour, the border crisis and these conversations we're having on social media threads, we don't focus enough on the people doing good things in this country. We don't focus enough on the miraculous things that are happening every single day right in front of us. And our mainstream media does not do that because that don't sell. Motivational stuff does not sell. People doing good things does not sell. What sells is hatred. What sells is division. What sells is exactly what mainstream media puts on their plates because that way they continue to get the clicks because everything they publish, everything they post is emotionally based and they're going to get their clicks. Right. They're making millions of dollars off of your hatred and your disgust on what they manufacture for you to hate and for you to be disgusted by. Now, Scotty, right. let me roll into this and then you take it because this is the theory I have. I see a lot of things within our mainstream media that shows a major hypocrisy 
within our political system, depending on who is president of the United States. Um, whether it be our debt, I noticed something recently where everybody's attacking Trump because of our debt, uh, even though they're not talking about the fact that Obama put us in over $10 trillion in debt. They're blaming Trump for that debt. Uh, and then we look at our border crisis. We look at the Democrat stance on the border when Obama was in president, when he was the president of this country. And then you look at the same people and their stance now when Trump is president of the United States. When you, I'm going to make this short because my thought is a lot longer, but I want to make this short. When you preach to the entire world that you can come here and we will give you better benefits than those that have been here their entire life and paid their taxes and are only collecting $1,200 a month in social security, um, you're going to create a vacuum. When you preach to the entire world that you can come to this country and we will give you free medical, even though the Obama administration would give us people that pay for our medical fines if we didn't pay for our medical, but we will give illegals free medical, that's going to create a vacuum. When you come to this country, not with the intent of what the past immigration system or the immigrants used to have when they came to this country, but they come here because they're looking for a free ride. Now, when I say this, let me point something out really quick. I'm not generalizing every single immigrant as that. I also understand, and the cannoli also understands, that there are mothers and fathers out there that are truly trying to risk what they have to truly, honestly give their children a better life. The unfortunate part of all of this is that our modern-day political system has manipulated our immigration system. We have Democrats going across the border and attorneys going across the border into Mexico and teaching all these people, and I'm not saying just Mexicans, there's all different types of people coming through our border, the Chinese, the Africans, the Middle Easterns, and the Mexicans coming through our southern border. When you have the Democrats going across there and teaching them how to manipulate the loopholes within our system, how to come into this country illegally and stay here, it is going to put aside the honorable mothers and fathers that are trying to get legitimate asylum in this country, and it's putting them in this matrix of madness. And spot, it's, it's spot on. Right. And so it's attracting the criminals. It's attracting the people that would not be a benefit towards this country. And they're using this. They purposely created this vacuum besides the whole monetary part of it where the politicians are making millions off representation. They purposely created this vacuum because they're using this and the emotions of the American people as a ploy against our current sitting president to make it look like he is a vicious dictator that don't care about anybody around the world. And they're going to use this for the 2020 election. All this, Scotty, I believe, is a thousand percent manipulated. And historically and factually, when you go back and you look at the information and you look at how they flip flop, depending on who's president, will validate exactly what I'm saying right now because people yes. are caring people. Your friends, Scotty, are caring people. We are caring people. We just have a different outlook on what we need to do to keep our borders secure. So it creates no different than the abortion thing, no different than the racism thing, and all these other issues, gun control. They pull the heartstrings of the American people to keep us viciously fighting against one another, and we never go after the people that are actually responsible for causing these crises. Go ahead. Uh, absolutely. I was just trying to look up something here while you were, uh, uh, saying that Dan Crenshaw, uh, you know him, he's a guy with the eye patch in the Senate. Uh, he put this up on my, uh, um, uh, uh, Instagram. 
He said, let's summarize the Democrats' immigration position. One, no border wall. Two, no asylum reform. Three, decriminalize illegal border crossings. Four, never enforce deportation orders. And five, I would add free health care. Seriously ask yourself, is that your position? Most Americans say no. And uh, uh, that's the position of the left in this country. Uh, Sorry, folks, to put the polarizing left and right in there, but that is the position of the left regarding immigration. Um, uh, And Rocky, you are spot on with what you had to say. I don't have to repeat any point of what you said other than to say spot on. And this is what people don't get because they're not looking at the facts. They're looking at the emotion. And people stir up your emotions. You know what? Those same people can come to you and me and get our emotions stirred up when they talk about kids and everything. But then you got to go, whoa, wait. It's like, for instance, remember the the kid who was confronted uh, uh, by the Indian uh, Native American guy beating the drum and Yep. And they said he was being smarmy to this guy and smart enough. And uh, I first saw that picture and I went, that kid's an ass. Do you believe that our mainstream media are truly agent provocateurs? Yes. Um, you know why? It uh, creates the news and it creates relevance for them to exist. Uh, you and I said it a long time ago. You brought up the point to me a few years ago how... Who was it? Was it Rockefeller? Who was the big mogul in the newspapers back at the turn of the last century who said, when you control the newspapers, you control the world? Yeah, that was the Rockefellers. That's Rockefellers. Right. Yep. And so now just update that. You control the media, you control the world. Uh, because right now, most people who are, I just want to say, I'll pointedly say anti-Trump or most people who who don't abide by facts, but abide by passion are stirred up and spurred on by the sensationalist news media. So that's where the problem lies, I think. And you're absolutely right. So I have, uh, right. Yeah. Right here. It says, um, if, let me see. You should, yeah. I don't know. I, I got all these different quotes. I just pulled up in front of the Rockefellers in regards to uh, and they go way back. I mean, these guys, you know, as yes. much as we despise them and, and because the, this, the, the grip they have on this planet, um, they understood something in order to control the freaking masses. Um, At the same time, I wouldn't mind having like one of their mansions or their bank accounts. <laughs> just one bank account, man. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> sorry to do that. It was like, so take it away, Rocky. It's like, uh, I'm still looking. Uh, so I know exactly what you mean. You, you know, folks, did you know that in radio, one second of silence from the hosts or host equates to almost 10 seconds worth of silence in reaction to the audience? Oh, so a uh, when we pause, we are keenly aware that oh, we have blank sound. There's no sound. Say something. <laughs> That's why I learned to talk so much on radio. Well, that's the question. Um, and, and so before Trump even became a president of this country, you and I were fully aware of the media manipulation. Yes. Um, and, and, and so I hate to regurgitate what I've said in the past, Scotty. Uh, but, you know, when we have these discussions, I literally, one of the true enemies of this state 
I truly believe is our mainstream media. And I include Fox in on that. I, I want everybody, I don't want everybody to think I'm, I'm picking sure. and choosing. I'm talking all mainstream media. This is what I want people to do uh, for the next week. I want you to read a headline of an article. And then I want you to actually read the article, which a lot of people don't actually do. Yep. And and tell me where you, because right now there's this thing going around talking about uh, Trump telling uh, certain uh, people in Congress to go back where they came from. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, uh, Omar. And what he was referring to is go back to your freaking district and do your job. But now what the mainstream media is doing is making it sound like he told Omar to go back to Somalia. Um, yeah. So and even if he did, I think that there was a reference he made to where you came from. There are problems there, too. And, and you you aren't solving those. Uh, it, that's the whole thing. You got to read the details. So the, I commented right. on that. So the question is, is when do we because I know we have this fine line where we have the freedom of press. And, and again, we talked about this, Scotty, but I think it's relevant to bring it up in this conversation. When we when we see the mainstream media that is manipulating people's thought process because you know damn well as I do that 80% of people rely on that nine o'clock news for the 15 minutes they get. And that right. is their reality. And the people that distribute this information know this as well, because a lot of people don't have time to research their information. So they depend on the mainstream media. So when they sit here and they manipulate information and they misrepresent information and they weaponize information and they mislead people through the weaponization of that information, there is no accountability to that at all. What what's the accountability? A freaking retraction that's going to go on the back page two weeks after the original story was posted. That's going to be there'll be five other things that are happening around the country by then. So we'll already have forgotten about it. When do we sit back and hold mainstream media accountable for the distribution of information that has viciously tore this country apart? Um. I blanked out in thought for a second there, so I didn't get your whole point. But uh, um, I would say, first of all, I'd say I agree. <laughs> Damn right you agree, bro. That's the safe one. And there it is. You ain't even there listening to what I'm saying, but man. You know, what, you know what came to my mind that you were talking about? It was an old <laughs> comedy bit I heard back in the 70s when I was in high school. So I'm talking serious shit, and you're thinking of comedy bits in your brain. ADHD, well, it was, it was like this, because I was thinking, this is the way liberals think. There was this comedy, but it was supposed to be Richard Nixon talking to Spiro Agnew. And boy, doesn't that date me. And Nixon, uh, and they're making fun of Spiro Agnew being uber genius, but they're making fun of that. And he's a simpleton in this comedy bit. And Nixon says, I'll cite you an example. He said, you said, I like the 11 o'clock news better than the six o'clock news because 11 is twice as much as six and you should get twice as much news. I need to teach you colors, Spiro. And Spiro Agnew responds, colors. I want to learn colors. I want to learn colors. So but this is this is the, the, and sorry, I'm not answering your point because I blanked out on it as I was thinking about something else. Um, this is what we're facing in a metaphoric sense is uh, the liberals like the 11 o'clock news better than the six o'clock news because 11 is twice as much as six. Mm. And you should get twice as much news. And uh, then they say colors. They want to learn colors. Colors. I found so, I found one of the quotes here, Roberts. Okay. Uh, this is from Bielerberg meeting from 1991 in Germany from Rockefeller. It says, we are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications 
whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected subjected to the lights of publicity during those years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government. The supernatural sovereignty of an intellectual elite and the world bankers is surely preferred preferable to the national auto determination practiced in past centuries. And damn spot on for, for what they were doing. Uh, yeah, they're, they're directors and everything. He owns them all. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's all his stuff. I'm not saying he had them in his pocket. I'm saying he literally owned them all. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, he could say just about anything he wanted to say. He could make any point he wanted to make. He could sway the public view, uh, any way he wanted to sway it because he owned all the news. Here's one and right here from, from Jordan Maxwell, uh, from a book called matrix of power. Television is the most powerful weapon in psychological warfare in history. The programming that we are constantly assaulted by throughout our lives condition us. It's program. It programs us to a particular worldview. Now, we may consider it normal because we were born into this system of lies and deception and because we were born into this situation and our parents were born into it and have suffered from it. We don't know any better. That's right. So we do think that, and I say that, and, and even referencing this conversation you're talking about here, Scotty, we look at all these things that we're witnessing around the world right now as normal. And I don't yeah. see any normalcy in any of it right now. I just don't. I just, I don't know. Go ahead. Uh, I was just, uh, this fits in perfectly with that book I mentioned earlier that uh, I want to pick up. It's by Heather McDonald called the diversity delusion. Now, diversity, it's a little different than talking about the control of the press and the media and so on and the things that we were just talking about, but it segues right into it. The diversity delusion, how race and gender pandering corrupt the university and undermine our culture. And her point is more from the institutions of learning in this country uh, instead of the newspapers. She says this. This is the description of her book. Uh, she's a New York Times bestselling author. Um, she's talking about uh, the attack on the humanities, the rise of intolerance, the erosion of serious learning. Now, it, it, apply this stuff to what you were just saying about how people respond to the media. She says America is in crisis from the university to the workplace. Toxic ideas first spread by higher education have undermined humanistic values, Mm. fueled intolerance and widened divisions in our larger culture. Chaucer, Shakespeare, Milton, oppressive American history, tyranny, professors correcting grammar and spelling or employers hiring by merit, racist and sexist. Students emerge into the work world believing that human beings are defined by their skin color, their gender, and sexual preference. And that oppression, based on these characteristics, is the American experience. Speech that challenges these campus orthodoxies is silenced with brute force. Many times, I will add, backed up by the media. Now, the diversity delusion, this book, which I have not read, I'm going to read it. I saw an interview on it argues that the root of this problem is the belief in America's endemic racism and sexism, a belief that has engendered a a metastasizing diversity bureaucracy in society 
and academia. Diversity commissars denounced meritoc- meritoc- I always use meritocracy, meritocratic standards as discriminatory, enforcing hiring quotas, and teach students and adults alike to think of themselves as perpetual victims. From the Me Too mania that blurs flirtations with criminal acts to implicit bias and diversity compliance training that sees racism in every interaction, Heather McDonald argues that we're creating a nation of narrowed minds mm. primed for grievance and that we're putting our competitive edge at risk. But there is hope in the works of authors, competitor, composers, and artists who have long inspired the best in us. Compiling the author's decades of research and writing on the subject, the diversity delusion calls for a return to the classical liberal pursuits of open-minded inquiry and expression by which everyone can discover a common humanity. Now, I, I read something like that, and I say that's on a different topic, but that segues right into what we're talking about. You're, we're, there, there's one aspect. There's the liberal media. I wasn't even going to use the word liberal there. Sorry, that was a Freudian slip, probably. Uh, there is the, the uh, mainstream media that promotes this particular way of thinking. And now it's also being promoted in our institutions of learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you say, what is the fighting chance against that? It starts at home. Right. But I remember teaching my young daughters uh, all about how to be a conservative and a yeah. good responsible. How'd that work out, bro? Didn't. It didn't. <laughs> they're good thinkers, but they're they're wrongheaded. Well, you raised some great debaters. I'll give you that, brother. Oh, dude. Yeah. They keep you on your toes. They do. Yes, they do. Yes, they <laughs> do, bro. I got to shave. Anyway. I got to shave. Look at that, bro. Look at that. What? What? Uh, hold on. I'm not looking at the screen. Hang on. I got to shave, man. Yeah. I think I'm going to grow my beard out. I'm trying to grow my mustache back. Uh, dude, out. I was going to compliment that. I was, I, I oh, noticed, dude. I know, just so you know, I did notice. It's well, looking, thank you. it's looking sexy. I took it down to the little Errol Flynn sliver, you know, for a while. And yeah. now I just want the, I want to do the change. I want to do the big thing again. Well, what are you, you going to do with the chin? What are you going to do with the chin, bro? Uh, uh, the, the Buffalo Bill. You know, just grow that out and let it. Yeah. I shaved it back yesterday because it was bugging me. So you got I the hiccups, know. bro. You all right? Huh? You got the hiccups? I had to burp. You had to burp. Nothing like being on live radio and you got a belt. Just let it know, bro. You get that. Yeah, let it roll. Let it rip. Let it rip. Well, we only and got a couple course, minutes left, Scotty. So I need you I'm, to take us out on your final thoughts and conclude on this in, in two minutes. All I will say, uh, and I can probably do it in less than that, is people like these people who attack me over on my friend's wall on his post. These are people who don't want to have to discuss the facts. I gave the person who was attacking me, telling me I was vile. I was an egotist. I was nasty and all these different things. You read it. And what did I do? I said, hey, you know what? Rather than take up my friend's uh, thread space, here's my phone number. And I posted my phone number. My phone number has been public since I worked for the Ghost Hunters uh, on Mm -hmm. their magazine. So I got no fear of anybody calling me. And I said, here's my phone number or call me here on Facebook. Let's talk face to face. And uh, they decried me for that as well. So people don't really want to get out of this anonymous phase. Oh, Trump supporters. What's that? Trump supporters. 
Trump supporters. Yeah, you're just an evil Trump supporter. And that's all it comes down to yeah. for people. Well, they can shut their face because I don't care. Yeah. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Get back over here. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I just say shut up three times because it wasn't panning back to me, bro. Oh. I got to see the face. That's why I got silent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Monday. So, so basically... We're in a world of mess right now. Uh, we have politicians that are tearing our souls apart. We have mainstream media tearing our souls apart. And uh, here we are trying to constantly react towards the misinformation that is being presented. And Dude, it's, it's all what Jeff Dougherty says. It's unindoctrinate yourself. Uh, think for yourself. You know, that's the hard part is that we're not being taught to think for ourselves anymore. We're taught to be victims, and it's a lot easier to teach people to be a victim. Um, so yeah, it's weird times, brother, but folks, Hey, I'm glad everybody was here. Thank you for joining our Monday show. Uh, I think I want to try to get a hold of Nancy Planeta, uh, Roberts, and, um, there's been a lot of earthquake right stuff happening. So I think we need to get around this weekend and she needs to fill us in on what the hell is going on around the planet with all these earthquakes. And if she has any predictions of anything coming up here, that is going to be catastrophic, mainly things here in the United States with She's Yellowstone and stuff like ask. that. So, ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the big freaking cannoli, Scotty Roberts, I am freaking the Godfather Talk Radio, Rocky Stucci, the sit room right here on Mojo 5 Radio. We love the hell out of each and every single, well, most of you, I'm saying. You know, no big yeah, deal. Yeah, you know. You know, so until tomorrow night, folks, rule number one, don't take shit from nobody. Love the hell out of you guys. Good night, everybody.